0: Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: Our first reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Each year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to their custom. After the festival was over, they were returning home, but the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it, supposing that he was among their band of travelers. They journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and putting questions to them. Everyone who heard him was amazed by his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were shocked. His mother said, "'Child, why have you treated us like this? "'Listen, your father and I have been worried. "'We've been looking for you,' Jesus replied." Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother cherished every word in her heart. Jesus matured in wisdom and years, and in favor with God and with people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against you, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other, and over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you are called in one body. And be thankful people. The word of Christ must live in you richly, teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts, whatever you do, whether in speech or action. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. When I was in elementary school, I always wanted Christmas and holiday vacation and break to last as long as possible. Even though my parents really wanted me to head back to school and to be out of their hair, moving past that Christmas break was always something that I dreaded. Often, we move past. We move past Christmas morning and Christ's birth, and unfortunately, many of us, we have to move back into the normal routines of our lives. Christians historically have often not spent that much time hanging out in Christmas. We do have the 12 days of Christmas, this being the sixth, and I don't have any geese that are laying for you. But we should take a few moments, take these days, this time between Christmas morning and Epiphany, to think about what happens between the birth of Jesus and and the fast approaching adult ministry in the passage that Jesus or in the passage that Gavin read for us about Jesus from the gospel according to Luke we find a very interesting and unique story it focuses on the unique and special boy Jesus this 12-year-old who decided to hang out with his in the temple after ditching his parents listening to teachers and answering and asking questions with all of the religious leaders of the day and with anyone who would gather in the temple. And not only is he doing that, but he is amazing all those who hear him. The story itself is intriguing for what happens, but also because it is the only story of its kind in the four Gospels. It is the only story that we have of Jesus as a youth or as a boy. The Gospels move right past the birth of Christ, and they move right past that Christmas morning once they've told that story, and almost directly to Jesus' ministry as an adult. And I say almost because there is this one and only story that's in the Bible about Jesus and about what he was like as a boy and what Jesus was like as a youth. Jesus here is 12 years old, and while on the family trip for the Passover festival, everyone else in the family has head home. But Jesus holds on and stays behind in Jerusalem, extending his observation of this holiday much like I would always like to extend my own Christmas vacations when I was 12 years old, not wanting to return to my normal routines of school, There is a lot that can be learned from this story, but I just want to focus on one thing. In verse 52, the last verse that Gavin read for us, it reads, Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with people. That is from the Common English Bible translation. In Eugene Peterson's idiomatic version of the Bible, The Message, he renders the verse this way. Jesus matured growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by God, both God and people. Growing up in body and in spirit, Jesus grew up, and even Jesus at least once got a stern talking to from Mary, at least once. Probably not as many times as I got a stern talking to from my mother. But this is a glimpse into the life of Jesus, into the life of God who was born in Bethlehem as a baby, who grows and matures, who makes mistakes. Even if we do not hear many of the stories about Jesus growing up, it is clear that the baby in the manger did in fact grow up to be the man who would eat with his friends, who would heal the sick, who would preach good news to the poor, who would welcome the stranger and the outcast. Jesus grew up, and he learned from instruction by teachers and his parents, from his own experiences from Scripture and from God. Jesus became a human being, born in Bethlehem, and like all people, he started off just as a little baby. He grew into a youth and eventually into an adult. Jesus changed, growing in wisdom, growing up in body and in spirit. Jesus matured. Jesus went to the temple with his parents to worship God, much like those who are sitting in our prayer ground this morning. In the book, A Joyful Christian, which is a collection of writings by author and theologian C.S. Lewis, he asserts in his short essay on the Incarnation that the Son of God became a man to enable men and women to become sons and daughters of God. Jesus became a human being, and God has made us all children of God. And because of this, and because of the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, we have an example of how to live and of how to grow as children of the God who is love growing and learning from our teachers like Becca and Essie, from our parents, from the scriptures, maybe hopefully learning something from our pastors and preachers. We learn from our community of faith, from our friends like Jesus did, asking questions, growing, hearing answers. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul is teaching. He is instructing other early Christians and how to grow in their faith, to grow up, to learn, to mature in their spirit, like Jesus matured through his life. In the passage that I read this morning, the author urges us to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and over all these things to put on love. Paul is using the metaphor to put on, to wear, these virtues, not just outwardly for people to see, but in our hearts and in our beings and in all that we do. Paul is urging the Colossians to respond to the good news of Christmas Day, to learn and to grow in light of the new reality, in light of the life of Jesus Christ, a new reality that has been ushered in and made possible because the Son of God became a man. In a re- relatively recent article posted on the Daily Mail's website this past October, Phil Lancaster, a Scottish travel journalist, details his trip to the exotic and foreign land of Cleveland, Ohio. Well, at least for people from Scotland, and maybe being all the way in Ohio, a little scary for those of us from Michigan. It was a little foreign, but in his article, he noticed something about the way people in Cleveland dress. He writes about it this way. In most parts of the world, if you were to wear a T-shirt bearing the name of a city, it would mark you out as a tourist. In Cleveland, things are different. If you're not wearing a T-shirt with the name of the city on it, you look like a tourist. Whether it's one of the sports teams, the Indians, the Cavs, or the Browns, or just the famous city script, Cleveland t-shirts are everywhere you look. Moms on the school run, construction guys on their way to work, waitresses at the neighborhood diner, they're all proud to wear their heart on their sleeve and Cleveland on their shirt. As a native of the greater Cleveland metro area, I will admit and confess, and you can ask Essie to confirm, that I could probably go at least an entire week without having to wear or wash a shirt and wear a different Cleveland shirt every day. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I've seen a similar phenomenon right here in Ann Arbor, as many students, alumni, and fans alike proudly don their maize and blue. I see at least one. Their block M's and wolverine garb, not only on game days, But throughout the year, proudly displaying their loyalties to anyone who would see, letting the world know, even after a relatively rough bowl game, where their loyalties lie. Clevelanders and Wolverines, and I'm sure many others across the world as well, where their emotions and their loyalties right out on their shirt or their hats or other various paraphernalia They put something on to let the world know where they grew up, where they went to school, where they call home. They do this to build up and to reinforce the community that they are a part of, even among friends and strangers alike. And in some way, this is what Paul is urging in his letter, to put on, to let the world know through our outward actions and our inward dispositions that our lives have been shaped and formed by the wonderful good news that we celebrate on Christmas Day and throughout the year, not just in this short season of Christmas, as we build up and reinforce that beloved community among friends and strangers, that together we have become, pulled together and knit in love, a family in the one body of Christ. Paul urges us, as part of this new body, as we build up and work to make a new community, Paul urges compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Because these are the qualities that will help us lead to a peaceful and harmonious community of faith. Because these are the kind of qualities that were embodied in the life and reinforced in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And above all of these things, if we put on love, making it clear through our actions and through our lives, the rest of these virtues will follow. They will flow through our lives. If God's love that was embodied and literally born in Jesus Will allow our love of neighbor and each other to flourish and to grow. As we live together in community, learning from each other, growing up just like Jesus did, let us do it with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, patience, and above all, let us clothe ourselves in love to let the world know that we celebrate on this Christmas day because love came down and was born on Christmas day in the flesh we who live as human beings can put on that love ourselves that love that was shown perfectly in the life of Jesus may in everything we do our lives show that love to all who we meet by the grace of God alleluia Amen.
2: Let us pray. Love, who has come, the most silent of nights, the holiest of nights, has touched us once again, and here we are still holding close all that your birth means. Present at the mystery of your incarnation, we know your birth into the world changed everything over 2,000 years ago. We wonder if it can change again everything for this weary world, for this weary us. And if it can, if it does, will it be because we mustered enough faith? Or because your grace never gave up on us and our efforts? Or because in the mystery of who you are, sometimes your majesty breaks in and your holiness holds on. And what happened at that manger is deepened in and through us all. And we are not left the same, but wholly new and everything possible. God of new life, God life made new. We begin this new year just as we ended the last one, fully embraced by your spirit of love, your presence of peace, and your gentle power. We leave behind the old year and the knowledge that whatever we have done in the service of selfish desire, whenever we have participated in injustice, However we have strayed from your way, our Jesus, you have already forgiven us and redeeming our flaws, respecting our best attempts. You are ever present to draw near to us, to draw out of us all the love, peace, and justice we have yet to share and live for others. We hold hopes for so much more of ourselves and of all the people of faith, even this church that gathers together today. Lead us that this new year will be full of bold faith, healing, and unconditional love. Give us eyes to glimpse what you are calling us to do and the courage to make it happen. Give us eyes to see that we do not serve alone, but held in your arms and led by your spirit and uplifted by your prayers for us. Give us ears to hear the quiet promptings of your spirit that nudge us your small voice that whispers to keep your church on the right path. Within those quiet whispers and over the noise of the world, let us hear you in our neighbor, in the foreigner, in the refugee, even in our enemy, and perhaps in ourselves. Give us hearts open to the joy and the pain of the lives that surround ours. We look to you, we lean on you, we listen for you, And we love you. As this year ends, draw near to those most in need, those who suffer, those who mourn, those who are alone, those who are frail. Tend to tattered families, mend wounded people. Draw near to us in our broken places and patching us together, fill us with grace that we would give mercy to everyone without exception. God of the past, accept the people we have been and the baggage we drag behind us. God of the present, accept the people we are now and the potential that lies within us. God of the future, accept the people we could be and by your spirit, transform us. And now with the confidence that comes from being your children, we find strength in praying the prayer you taught, our Father, who art in heaven.